Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, a lot to get into, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, the voice of Las Vegas, Steve Carp. Steve, how are you? Good, good. Not as good as Barry Odom. I know. Better than Josh McDaniels. I was going to say, there's so much to get into, and no one's as good as Becky Hammond. So let's start there just because the parade is today. The Las Vegas Aces are celebrating their second parade in a uh, calendar year, I guess. Um, I forgot when the last one was. But anyways, the back-to-back champion, Steve. Um, You covered the last great basketball team in Las Vegas. They fell just short, one win in the final short of a back-to-back title themselves. But... You know, talk about what what this team has meant um, to the city. Uh, the way that they play the basketball is incredible. Sold out, um, sold out crowds, viewership through the roof. The league hasn't seen this kind of viewership in. I mean, they said twenty years, but I, I think this is like the most viewed WNBA finals. Steve, just in general, your thoughts on this team? Look, they. They were clearly the best team in the league from the get-go. You know, we talked about New York and and how they added all the pieces with Brianna Stewart, John Quill Jones, whatever. The Aces beat it with two players mm-hmm. in Game Four in Brooklyn. Okay, that's how good the Aces are. That's how good a coach Becky Hammond is. Nothing against Sandy Brondello, the Liberty coach. She's really good in her own right. There are some good coaches in this league. There just have to be some better teams because there's still an inequity between the very best teams and the very worst teams. they got to close that gap and make it a little bit more competitive top to bottom. All that said, you got to give the Aces players a lot of credit. Asia Wilson, obviously, was a woman on a mission. She was not going to let her team lose and have to play a game five on Friday. So she is the best player in this league. Whoever wants to vote for Brianna Stewart can do so, but they risk being ridiculed for it. And, and, you know, Jackie Young, as I wrote earlier, is, you know, she's the, the soul of this team. She is truly magnificent when it comes time to be magnificent because you're, you're playing with Taylor George on the floor, Alicia Clark. Yeah. I mean, 
those gals, they try hard, but they're certainly not Candace Parker and Chelsea Gray. And so the Liberty were at full strength, and the Aces found the way. They were down 12 in the second quarter. I mean, this is a game they're not supposed to win, and they, yet they found the way. So the question is, Arash, are we going to have a Pat Riley three-peat situation <laughs> evolve next May? I don't think it will. Well, okay. Let, First of all, yeah, well, hey, yeah. they've got to keep this team together. They got hard decisions to make. All right. What if Becky leaves for the NBA? Then what happens? All right. So if you thought it was hard to repeat, imagine how tough it's going to be to three-peat when you know the entire league is gunning for you. So, so set the scene, and I, and I don't know if you have all the specifics in front of you, but again, like that is always the number one question when a team wins a title. Who's going to come back or who's going to retire or who's going to leave? Um, just off the top of your head, or I, who is at, at risk of leaving this team? I think the core four are in. Okay. While, so while, that's the you're, most while you're answering, I'll, I'll look that up. Because, again, yeah, that's that's the biggest question. If this team comes back. Because here was my thing, Steve. If they're healthy, I mean, look at what they did. I mean, they you would agree that one of the big turning points this season was the loss of Candace Parker. Those games with New York, with Candace, were not close. It, beca- it became competitive, and you began to think that maybe New York had a chance when they lost Candace. But the uh, amazing thing is, and I... I'm watching that game three, Steve, and when Chelsea Gray goes down and that game slips away, I had a feeling like when I was watching Golden State versus Toronto, where clearly Golden State was the superior team, but as that series progressed, they lose uh, Clay Thompson, they lose wow. Kevin Durant, and it's a different series, and I just felt heartbroken for Las Vegas because I said they're the better team, but at the end of the day, if you lose the three key players, two starters from game uh, three to four. But if you lose, you know, key players that you thought were, were going to help you win, it's not the same team. So just because, right. again, we have not seen a back-to-back champion in 20 years. And I don't, we have not seen a 3 P champion since the um, Houston Comets. Why do you think it will be hard for them to do that? Because I think the depth eventually does catch up with you or lack of it. Yeah. So unless they're going to find ways to bolster their roster and get it a little bit deeper than it currently is, I think at some point it catches up with you. Now, granted, they survived Candace Parker's absence. What if Chelsea Gray is out for half a year? What if Asia Wilson's out yeah. for half a year? They're not winning. It's the way the team's constructed. Also, Here's the other thing, and we don't know what it's like playing for Becky Hammond on a daily basis. We don't know what it's like going through practice with her. Sometimes the message, you kind of lose the message. It it just goes in one ear and out the other, and, and as a player, you're tired of hearing her BS. All right? Now, it may be all love and harmony in the room. I don't know. I've never. We're not allowed in the room to begin with, so you can't take the temperature in the room. Like I can with the Golden Knights, and I can tell you that the reason they're off to their start, and I'm going to write about this in the Sporting Tribune later this week, is that they have great 
chemistry in that locker room. All right, I think the Aces do, but that's a potential mine, landmine. Okay, yeah. and and obviously, the rest of the league's going to get better. Hopefully, a lot of good players going to be coming into this league uh, in the spring. So, the Aces status quo with their roster and everything may be great. You know, they'll get Candace back. Assume she still wants to play. I would like to think she does. And Steve, but the rest quick, of the league's going to get better too. And just so you can kind of chime in on this, I, I looked at it up there. There, there, there. there are five players who can leave. Raquana Williams, we know how that situation, uh, you know, she. Yeah, probably, she's never uh, playing again. Yeah. Okay. So Candace Parker, and again, this is more does she want to retire? Does she want to come back to Las Vegas? Kia Stokes, again, uh, she missed. Uh, game four, uh, Kayla George and Sydney Colson. Again, these are players who, like, either Las Vegas has decided to move on from, or I could see coming back. So, I mean, you 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 are going to have that core group back, right? Yeah, that's the key to this whole thing. I mean, you can replace Kayla George, you can replace Sydney Colson, you can even replace Kia Stokes if you had to. Um, it's not that hard. Yeah. All right. But good luck replacing Asia Wilson if you, no, know, no, you had yeah. to. All right. I mean, but they, they've got her locked up for a while. I yeah. Think. She is the franchise so, cornerstone. Yeah. And really quick to your point, the, the, the reason is a lot of these uh, uh, teams don't invest the way that Las Vegas and New York does. So you're 100% right. The league... Um, just as a whole, has to start treating these franchises in terms of uh, of how they play players, how they pay coaches, uh, the same way. Because right now, you are one hundred percent right. There is uh, this is not it's not a two team league, but when you look at contenders, it's really this entire season has been just two teams. Yeah, I mean, Indiana, they need to get better. Phoenix, the Sparks. They need to get back to where those two teams were. Yeah. Okay. Minnesota's got to continue to climb. That's how Atlanta, that's how your league gets better, Ross. That's how you get people wanting to come to your games and watch you on TV and invest with other things emotionally as well as financially. The Aces have that. Their fan base is totally committed. You'll see it at the parade. It'll be. The same as last year, the cigars will be out, the profanity will be flowing. <laughs> the no one believed us, you know, speeches from Becky all the way down the line, Asia, everybody will be saying, Y'all didn't think we could do it, did you? <laughs> well, we did it. And and I'm telling you, it'll you know it'll be what it was last year. I don't know if we'll have a William Carlson moment. But I wouldn't bet against. <laughs> uh, by the way, so much is happening uh, in Las Vegas sports that we are not going to, in this conversation, I don't think, have time to talk about the 5-0 Golden Knights. But again, that, that'll be your column this week in the Sporting Tribute. Want to switch gears, UNLV. What an amazing first year for head coach. Yes. Odom. They are going bowling, Steve. They are going to a bowl game. Talk about what's happening right there. You know, Arash, you're an SC graduate. <laughs> Don't remind a me. Bowl game, <laughs> a bowl game is in the DNA of all Trojans, right? Yeah. You expect to go bowling every year. And if yeah. you're not in New Year's Day Bowl, the Trojan fan base gets really ticked, right? Yes. Yes. All right. That's just, it's part of the SC tradition. 
Yep. UNLV doesn't have that kind of tradition. <laughs> you know what their tradition is? When does basketball start? Yeah. That's the tradition at UNLV. And this is what Barry Odom has done. He has changed the culture 180 degrees. And, and the reason he changed it is because the AD, Eric Harper, who I mentioned in my column Saturday, was the one who was smart enough to get rid of Marcus Arroyo and hire Barry Odom and then didn't interfere with Odom and let him pick his coaching staff, recruit the players they needed to, whatever NIL deals they cut, they cut. And he just got the hell out of the way and let the guy do his job. And remember, they had Bobby Petrino originally as their offensive coordinator. Remember that? Uh-huh. He was there for all two weeks, and then he split <laughs> for you know a seven-figure deal, Texas A&M. But you know, Brent Marion's done a great job running that go-go offense of his. And again, they're doing it without their number one quarterback, who's Doug Brumfield, has not seen the field again. You know, in, in five weeks, so or four weeks. So you got to look at what they're doing, and it's an amazing story. And I, I think the college football world should have it on its radar because who had UNLV winning six games? No one. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but Steve, touch on this. I mean, UNLV previously, certainly now, though, was thought of as the sleeping giant. Their home stadium is Allegiant Stadium, a $2 billion home that will host the Super Bowl. They have brand new practice facilities. Las Vegas is now the center of the sports world. I mean, this is now, now you have the proof of concept with what they're doing. Uh, how can things change quickly in this new time period of the transfer portal of NIL? Right. This is a great first step, but Steve, this could be the start of something huge. Well, the key will be keeping Odom on campus. Yeah. And his staff. You know, they've had success before. When John Robinson was at UNLV at the turn of the century, the last time they won a ball game, when they beat Arkansas in the Las Vegas Bowl, he put together a really good staff and they did a great job of recruiting. And then what happened? Some of John's assistants left, and unfortunately with them went the, the, the ability to recruit high-level guys, and UNLV, again, fell back to where it was before J-Rob. So Eric Harper knows this. He played football. He played at Kansas State for Bill Snyder. So he knows what it takes to turn a dead program and breathe life into it. He will find a way to help Barry Odom keep his staff together at the end of this year. Because I'm telling you, they will be, the vultures will be circling looking to pick pick off those guys. And, and uh, he needs to keep the staff together because that's why the players come, to play for these coaches. So we have three coaches in Las Vegas that, that, are, that are the toast of the town and um, in Hammond and Cassidy and Barry Odom. Yeah. Josh McDaniels, again, uh, Steve, we, you touched on this <laughs> and I thought the same thing. You know, you know, they, they, they beat New England and, and you look at this quote unquote 
you know, not that hard of a stretch coming up, beginning with Chicago, one of the worst teams in the league, the thought of as having the number one pick in the draft, playing with a backup quarterback. So this bad team is not even playing with their starting quarterback. Uh, and not only did Las Vegas go in and lose to Chicago, Steve, it wasn't a close game. What is going on with the silver and black? Well, for starters, the coach doesn't know which quarterback to play. Yep. All right. I mean, the Bears, they had no compunction. They knew who was replacing Justin Fields, right? Mm-hmm. And the Raiders, they're going back and forth. Well, we got two guys. You know, let's see what happens. And then McDaniels decides Saturday and Brian Hoyer, not Aiden O'Connell, is the starter. All right. What happened was Khalil Mack messed with Josh McDaniels' mind. <laughs> when he sacked Aiden O'Connell six times, uh, and it was seven total when they lost to the Chargers. So right there, Josh McDaniels is thinking to himself, well, I don't know if I can play Aiden O'Connell against the Bears. He must have thought they were playing against, like, Buckus, Doug Atkins, <laughs> and the, the 85 you know, Bears defense and Buddy Ryan was on the sideline or something. All I can tell you, Arash, is with each week, even when they win, look at Devontae Adams, belly aching and bitching and moaning earlier in the week about not getting enough touches. And they were winning. They were a three and three team when he comes out and says, you know, I didn't sign up for this and and stuff, and they're throwing to Jacoby Myers. All right, so they throw the ball to Devontae Adams. He doesn't catch it. They got Brian Hoyer locked in on one guy. It's so easy to defend. And then on the flip side, the Raider defense decides to stay in Vegas. They don't show up. They forgot <laughs> how to tackle. It was embarrassing. The Bears ran the ball as if Walter Payton was back or, or Gail Sayers or I mean, man, this is an issue that Mark Davis, the owner, is going to have to come to grips with at some point, be it soon or at the end of the season. And I'm sure he's taking careful notes. But boy, I don't know how he survives beyond this year. I, You know, and, and Dave Ziegler, you know, to a lesser extent, is culpable in all this as well with the drafting. Although I, I still think that some of these guys they have drafted the last two years, at some point with the right coaching, could be very good players. You know, I think Michael Mayer is going to be a good tight end in this thing. Maybe not in Vegas, but with some team. And I don't know, Rosh. It just you never feel like with the Raiders. They got it together. Mm. There's always it's kind of like the Chargers in, in a in a similar way. How you you just never believe that Brandon Staley's got it going and that they're going to be okay. You watch this this team with Josh McDaniels. There's a level of uncomfortability to it that I think holds them back. Does that make sense? One hundred percent. Real quick, uh, last sixty seconds here. How difficult is it for them to build a fan base? You got the Golden Knights. You got the Las Vegas Aces. You've got UNLV football now going to a bowl game. 
I mean, these games, as you've been to, they are, you, you know, you go to a Raiders game. It is filled with the opposing fans. That's only going to continue. There's no reason for a Las Vegas sports fan to pay their hard-earned bucks to watch this product on the field. Well, it's it's simple. It comes down to their slogan of just win, baby. Yeah. If the Raiders keep losing, why on earth would you support a team that's a perennial loser? Yeah. All right. It makes no sense. People buy their season tickets. They sell off their games. The Giants come here in two weeks. The Jets come here in three weeks. I guarantee you there'll be more Giant fans and Jet fans than Raider fans in no Allegiant doubt. Stadium. It's just this is the what happens when you don't win. The reason the Golden Knights don't have this problem, they win. Yeah. The, the opposing team's fans don't come because the home team fans hang on to their tickets and they attend the games. Yeah, Once Steve, the Raiders yeah. start winning, if ever, yeah. you'll see more Raider fans in Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, and We've he, talked about this several times. 100%. And both teams have done a great job within the community. And uh, hey, listen, 100%. And you wrote it in your column that's on the front page of the Sporting Tribune today. It's about winning. It's about winning, winning, winning. And listen, but like you said, it's the slogan of the Raiders. Just win, baby. Steve, you're the best. We'll talk to you next week. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by Fernando Ramirez of the Sporting Tribune. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's, uh, let's head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and join our good friend from the Sporting Tribune, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? I'm good, Arash. Uh, how are you? I am living the dream, my friend. Um, not the best weekend of football from a uh, Southern California uh, perspective my trojans uh loss that wasn't great and then uh then the rams lost and the chargers lost and even the raiders lost but let's talk of let's start with the uh, uh chargers again you can go into kansas city um so in my mind uh, i'm i'm thinking this is potentially a loss but it was a very close game um Man, your, your a your thoughts on the game, and b you know this kind of critical stage the team is in right now. Uh, 
I thought it was a tale of two games. Uh, first half, you can't stop Travis Kelsey. You can't drop. You can't stop Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I thought the biggest mistake was going zone because they were leaving wide open. The middle was wide open for Travis Kelsey. All he was basically doing, and I think he was told by Andy Reid, is just go past the linebacker, in between the linebackers and safeties, and there's a cushion. So do that. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, Brandon Staley, obviously in his press conference after, said, no, we mixed it up. But it doesn't seem like they did. It seems like they were going full zone. And uh, and then they switched it up to man in the second half, and that's why they were having more success. If you notice, I mean, Kansas City's receivers, they're – they have some talent, but it's not what it used to be. So you can, if you can attack them and and uh, and kind of make them one dimensional, it'll be a lot easier for your defense. But obviously, uh, I don't know what the game plan was going in. It just didn't look like a smart game plan in the se- in the first half. Second half, you slow them down. Um, you held them to one touchdown. But uh, you had some missed opportunities. The Chargers in those three in in those three punts that Kansas City had in the second half, your offense couldn't move the ball at all. You had three three and outs, and um, and so I, I just thought it was a. Uh, I, I, first half the defense was the problem. Second half it was the offense. The offense for some reason in the second half it started to look like the the uh, same offense that uh, Joe Lombardi ran last yeah. year. So I don't. I don't know what's going on, but it just it does not look good. Um, it does not look good right now for them, and and I know they they have Chicago this weekend, but Chicago just blew out the Raiders, and you could barely compete against the Raiders two weeks ago. So you barely beat them. So it's this is a this is a rough time for these guys. Yeah. I, so set the scene or uh, paint the picture of of how this season sort of plays out. I mean, I, 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 I think we're, we're both in agreement, uh, like, like caps into total, you know, like Brandon Staley loses the locker room or, or something like that. I, I've never known the uh, chargers or the Spanos family to do anything mid season, but at some point if the wheels continue to come off this thing, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's pretty clear what's going to happen. Um, what is the likelihood, just as you look at the schedule and and, and you just look at the season, uh, they turned the corner a year ago. They've done this before, Fernando, where they've had strong, uh, they've, they've finished the season strong. Can they potentially do that again? I don't think so. I mean, you're missing yeah. Mike Williams and you're missing Corey Lindsley. That's yeah. how important both of those guys are to this team. I mean, Mike Williams loves playing in Kansas City. I think he yeah. has like four or five straight uh, Kansas City 100-yard receiving games. So he uh, he's missed Corey Lindsley. That offensive line is letting Justin Herbert get beat up right now. I mean, he's taking hits left and right. He was sacked five times. Uh, ju- that's that's the reason why Justin is rushing some of these passes because he's he sees the pressure and he's like crap. Let me get it out before they sack me. And it's just uh, they're not chipping. That's what another thing I'm surprised at. They're not chipping um, as soon as the the play started, like the running back coming out or the tight end taking off. Like they should be chipping as well, and it's just bad. But I think I saw their next six games. Uh, I think they could potentially go one in five in those next six games. I mean, yeah. Chicago might be the only one that they have. You you have Chicago, then you go to the Jets. I think that one's going to be uh, a very tough game. You come back and you face Detroit, tough game. Then you go to Green Bay, very tough game. 
you come back, you face the Baltimore Ravens, and you go to New England. That And, I mean, New England, everybody thought was dead in the water, and they just beat the Buffalo Bills. So potentially it could go one and five and be uh, fighting for a top uh, a top pick in the draft. So I just don't uh, I just don't like where this team is headed. But it just seems like if they end up with a top fifteen, if they end up with a top fifteen pick, there's just no way you can bring back this current regime. And I'm talking about even general manager. Like you can't yeah. bring these guys back. And tell the, the and tell the the fan base, hey, I know it was rough, but here we go. And Arash, this is just exactly what ha- has happened in the Tom Telesco era. Mike McCoy, the first two seasons, good seasons, then it fell off in year three. Anthony Lynn, two really good seasons, fell off in year three. No. This is year three of Brandon Staley, and it seems like the wheels are falling off again. And and the crazy part is, they have a talented team. They have good weapons. It's just for some reason they're not able to. Brandon Staley and his staff have not been able to put it together, but I also think it's the huge miss of Corey Lindsley and uh, and uh, Mike Williams that is affecting this team, but that's not an excuse. They should still be winning some of these uh, close games. I know yesterday they lost by two touchdowns, but other than that, they had only lost by eight points uh, in the previous three ga- uh, losses before the one on Sunday. It's such a great point, Fernando. Uh, if you just look at the Chargers' history, certainly since you've been covering the team, you know Mike McCoy four seasons: nine and seven, nine and seven, then four and twelve, five and eleven. A Lynn nine and seven, twelve and four, then five and eleven, seven and nine. The unique thing is they normally get that fourth season where they just confirm that that, that things are going in the yeah. right direction. I don't think Brandon Staley is going to get that fourth season if this continues, yeah. and. What you bring up that's very, I think, eye-opening, and I think a lot of Chargers fans would agree, you know, time, Tom Telesco's been here throughout. That's been the one common thread. Um, why do you think this could perhaps be the moment? Because, again, generally speaking, uh, a GM with with this, when I say uh, this track record, you know, I mean, if they have hired, you know, Mike McCoy, Lynn, and Staley, and they have a four-season stretch like that each time, two good seasons, too bad, two good seasons, too bad. At some point, you have to move on. Why do you think that this could be the time that the Spanos family does say, hey, listen, Tom, thanks so much, but it's time for us to go in a different direction? Because you look at what is going on. You're you're literally, I mean, your your superstar quarterback this year has kind of been handicapped by the way the offense is. The defense, they can't make sense of the defense. But going back to it, I mean, in 2013, I remember they were going to, like, Andy Reid wanted the job. Like, Andy Reid was like, oh, hey, Phillip Rivers in my West Coast offense, blah, blah, blah. Charger like, no, we're good, thanks. <laughs> and then he signs with Kansas City. Then Bruce Arians uh, is out there, and, and he had just won Coach of the Year as an assistant because, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Pagano, Chuck Pagano yeah. was going through uh, was going through chemo and everything, yeah. so he had to take over. Uh, Bruce is too old. We're, I think we're going to go in a younger <laughs> direction. And they go with the younger direction. Then, then a couple of years later, uh, there's Sean McDermott, yeah, Sean McDermott, there's uh, Sean McVay, yeah. and they decided to go with Anthony Lynn, which, by the way, Anthony Lynn is a great guy. I've always loved Anthony Lynn. I, th- I thought I actually thought he kind of got a bad rap um, from certain uh, circumstances, but I thought Anthony Lynn was a, was a 
a solid guy. And then obviously, um, Brandon Staley, great guy as well, but it just, it just hasn't worked out. But the reason why I feel like they need to do this move is because you're close to losing the fan base. I mean, yeah. I've seen it all around. I've seen it on social media. Fans are upset. They're pissed off. I saw one fan says, uh, saying, Oh my God, I can't believe I took you for granted. And it's a picture of Wolverine in his bed, looking at a picture of Anthony Lynn. And I just Stop, started man. laughing. I'm like, you guys are crazy. But I just think it's time. I mean, you you need to go into that new... You're in LA. You're not in San Diego anymore. I mean, yeah. you need to make kind of a splash. You need to be competitive. Right now, you're not competitive. You're probably going to end up with a top 15, top 10 pick, which, I mean, could help because you need cornerback uh, help. That Kalen King kid from Penn State, that kid looks like he's going to be an all-pro in the NFL. You need some pass rushing help because I don't think... I think only Khalil or Joey stays one of them. I mean, maybe both of them are gone with Thule being there, and then you bring in somebody else. Um, but uh, it just uh, it just does not look uh, possible for the Chargers to do anything uh, moving forward just because this is, this is going to be a tough stretch. I mean, Detroit, yeah, they got blown out, but Detroit's still a good team. Baltimore, the Patriots are showing life. So it's just a, a bad stretch. Yeah, and listen, I mean, they're, they're, they're moving into this new practice facility. They're, they're trying yeah. to sell, um, you know, VIP memberships, a little bit like the star in Dallas where you can grab a, a drink and a bite and watch the team practice. I mean, you'll do that to watch a good team, a contending team. Yeah. I, I don't think you'll, you'll do that to watch a, a below 500 team. Speaking of coaches and uh, people that you've covered, Bob Melvin has emerged, and you touched on this. How you know maybe uh, things things are, are probably not going to maybe work out in San Diego with the Padres skipper. He has now emerged as the favorite to uh, go to San Francisco. Your thoughts on that? It is so funny. Like I, I was telling people, everybody's like, "Oh, okay, they're going to bring back Melvin." I'm like, I wouldn't be so sure. When your general manager uses Zoom to give his end of the season press conference, that is that's bad. Yeah, like why not in person? And then he could have put those rumors to bed if it would have been him and Melvin sitting up there uh, together answering questions. They didn't do that. Then he gets asked, "Hey, what about bringing in a general manager to kind of be the the middleman between you and pre and?" Um, and Melvin and oh yeah, we'll take that into consideration. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just it's dumb if you let Bob Melvin go. Like, who are you gonna bring in? Like, who's out there that you can go get that you think, oh, he's gonna be better than Bob Melvin? This just seems like a Marty Schottenheimer, AJ Smith uh kind of thing <laughs> where he doesn't like Marty Schottenheimer. He uh Marty Schottenheimer sticking it to AJ Smith, and it's ended up it's gonna end up in a divorce. Uh, I think that's terrible. I think uh, the Padres would be making a huge mistake. The thing is, uh, Arash, and I mean, you've been around sports yeah. for forever. I've been around it forever, too. Um, when you have a team the way the Padres do, it's about managing the egos. It's not about the talent. The talent is there. It's about managing the egos. I mean, I take it to, like, the Warriors, like, uh, Jackson was the uh, was the the coach. He couldn't really get the Warriors uh, to the finals. Then Steve Kerr comes in. He's able to manage Draymond Green, the egos. Because I mean, everybody wants to think that Steph Curry's a, a saint and all this stuff. No, like he has an ego. Everybody has an ego. Yeah. It's about managing the egos. Uh, like that's just the thing. Can you? Who's gonna? Who's going to come in to manage the egos? Bob Melvin, I thought, did a, a, a good job of managing the egos. 
Uh, I know this year wasn't the ideal season, but they were able to do it last year. Yeah. Last year, they, they made it all the way in to play the Phillies and then uh, NLCS. Why not just bring back Melvin and try and do it again? But the thing is, like, sometimes you feel like these guys want yes men. That's why the Chargers went out and got Norv Turner as the head coach, a yes man. Um, when Marty Schottenheimer would tell the guys, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z. This is what we're going to do. Like, don't listen to the, don't listen to those guys up there. Listen to me. Um, and that's the thing. I think AJ Preller wants a yes man, but then that's another thing, uh, Arash that we're talking about similarities. AJ Preller and Tom Telesco are kind of on the same boat. Like AJ Preller's had in nine years as the general manager, he's had seven losing seasons. Tom Telesco in 11 seasons as the Chargers general manager, he's never won the division. Like, it's just uh, it, it, it's crazy to me the way um, the way that the Padres are putting all their faith in AJ Preller, who's depleted their farm system. He uh, he's made some trades, but are you going to be able to keep Juan Soto? But I don't know. It's just it, it's a bad look, uh, I think, for the Padres organization to to let Bob Melvin go. I think they're going to have they're going to end up paying for it in the long run. And and like Bruce Bochy before, the uh, he might win uh, the next. Three out of six, <laughs> just like Bruce Bochy did a couple of years ago with the uh, with the Giants. So true. I mean, with the way Bruce Bochy gets his teams to play this this time of year, and again, as we're uh, talking, uh, you know, heading into a Game Seven of a championship series, Ooh. where Bruce Bochy can once again back to the World Series. Um, Real quick, just your thoughts on the other two teams in our region that we cover here at the Sporting Tribune, the Rams. Again, no one expected them to be this amazing team, but a tough loss to Pittsburgh at home at SoFi Stadium. And then the Raiders, if you want to talk about another team with a coach on the hot seat, uh, Josh McDaniels. Again, at this point, there is a track record when you go back to his time with the Denver Broncos. You know, So, I mean, for, for him to go into Chicago and lose to a backup quarterback yeah. like that, uh, your thoughts on the, those two teams and where they sit right now? The Raiders must have had too much deep dish pizza, and, <laughs> and that's why they came out flat. But uh, well, you know about that, Arash. A couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you were uh, over there. I bet that deep dish is is something else. But dude, trade Devontae Adams. Like you need to get you need to you need to get out of that. You need Devontae yesterday dropped an easy. Uh, I was what was it a touchdown or a two point convert? No, it was a touchdown. Yeah. He dropped an easy touchdown yesterday. That it's not in his mo to drop that. I think he's checked out. I think some of this team is checked out. If I'm if I'm the Raiders, I would trade Devontae, uh, trade him to a contender. You know who I would like, and I know everybody's gonna think I'm crazy for this. The 49ers. Oh. I think the 49ers with Devontae uh, Devontae Adams would be even more unstoppable. With Debo Samuel being in and out of the lineup the last few years, I would just go get Devontae and be like, all right, Debo, no. you can be in and out, but at least we have uh, at least we have Devontae. But you need to go all in. And the same thing I've been saying. Uh, yesterday, I know that the Eagles beat the the Dolphins, but I've been saying if I'm the Eagles, I go all in and I call Denver and be like, hey, we want Justin Simmons and Patrick Sertan. We'll mm. give you our next three number ones and two number twos. Oh, I want to go all in, get those guys. But that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Raiders, I, I think they're going to be looking for a new head coach. I mean, the team looks checked out. Um, the plays are just not working. Nothing's working for the Raiders. Uh, Jimmy G's not playing. Yesterday they start Brian Hoyer. He does terrible, and they go to that the uh, Aiden O'Connell. Um, so I, I just think 
I just think that the Raiders are a mess, and I, I, it looks like Josh McDaniels has not learned a thing from when he was a, uh, a coach the first go-around with the Denver Broncos. When it comes to the Rams, it's incredible to me that they just can't put the ball in the, in the end zone. They move the ball up. Uh, Cooper. They have Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. They're moving the ball up and down. They just can't reach the end zone. And, uh, and Matthew Stafford, that interception to TJ Watt, that was just a bad throw. And, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, dude, come on. Like, I know you have your t- – he still has those tendencies from Detroit where he's like, you know what, I think I have the arm strength to be able to, like, put it right in there. And sometimes your arm deceives you. So, uh, but I mean, I don't think they're a bad football team. I just think they're growing. I think they're in this weird spot where the the defense is the young defense making plays. They're 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 growing, and like I said, I think Les Need is a great general manager. I think he's built this defense with draft picks from the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh undrafted free agents. I think that in a couple of years it's going to be good. But like I told you, uh, I think this team they're building this team really well. And I feel like they're going to be competitive, not next year, but maybe the year after. I think they'll be competitive. But that's why I'm saying, like, I think they need to go get a quarterback next offseason, a young quarterback that they can grow with and can uh, and can mature as this team is starting to mature. So uh, I think this should be the last year of Matthew Stafford and uh, maybe trade him or whatever you want to do with him. But I think they need a young quarterback to come in here and grow with this team and and uh, start making its way up. So I, I think the like I, I've said it before, I think the future is bright for the Rams, but just the president's gonna it's gonna kick you in the in the in the rear end. So That's in right. the arse. So arse. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, last ninety seconds. I know that you you know you, you follow college football as well. You you know the yeah. uh, draft. Your thoughts on uh, Caleb? Um, again, I, I I still think he's the first overall pick, but you know, two tough losses in a row doesn't address the media. That may be more on Lincoln than on Caleb. But uh, your thoughts and maybe what you're hearing. I mean, is is Caleb still the slam dunk first pick in the uh, draft? To me, he's not. But I understand the way the draft's going to go. I haven't liked his demeanor the last two games, and I haven't. The only thing that I liked about what he did is that when that dumb fan ran over yeah. him and said, oh, paint your nails, and he kept it cool, like he was like, whatever's about it, other yeah. guys would have lost their head. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I just he's making so many mistakes, but I think it's him trying to play Superman as well, where he knows that the team is bad around him. He's He wants to play Superman. It's, it's tough. But there are some things that I've noticed about him that I'm kind of like, Ugh, I don't know if he's a slam dunk number one overall pick. So I think the questions are going to start rising. But uh, but I I don't know if I would go with him. If I had the first pick, I'm, I might go uh, other routes. But uh, but I, I still think he's going to be the number one overall pick. But what Emmanuel Ocho said about, oh, this kid should sit out the rest of the season, heck no. no. You could lose your status as a number one pick. You're not yeah. Joe Burrow. You're not uh, Andrew Luck. Like You need to continue and, and grow and show, hey, you know what? I may have had a bad stretch, but here I go. I'm going to take us to at least a solid bowl game. Exactly. I mean, that was just terrible advice. Listen, I don't expect him to play in uh, the bowl game. Listen, if they're no. in the um, holiday bowl, that's fine. But <laughs> play out, play out the season. All these games are big games. They're uh, sold out, and people definitely want to see you. Fernando, you're the best. Uh, let's chat again uh, next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.